and the mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome to episode 120 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I am Jim, one of your hosts. Brandon will be with us in just a moment, as long as he is awake. But he will be here to talk a couple books with me. But before we do that, let me tell you about us. We are the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. As I said, but there's so much more. You can go to Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we'll follow you 100%, and then we'll creep on you until the creeping can't be creep, no creeping more. And that's not really true, but if you want to talk to us and me specifically, you can join up on Twitter and, you know, talk to me and I will talk to you back. We also have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we review almost every Marvel book, usually coming out at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday morning. So when you go and get your books, we should have a lot of the reviews up already. I have a bunch of reviews this week, and it seems that I have become the 2099 guy. I have Doom 2099, and I also have Spider-Man 2099 coming up this weekend, as well as something else that I cannot remember right now. I can't remember what that would be, but I know I have three or four Marvel reviews uh, to go along with my three or four DC reviews that I do on Tuesday nights. Uh, we also have a Patreon account if you want to go and support us, but also get a lot of other shows. You can go over to patreon.com slash weird science. Check out all our Marvel stuff. We also have DC comic stuff, indie comic stuff. We have some non-comic book stuff, including a Mandalorian review show that I do as well. Um, but one of the big things that we do each and every week on the Patreon is have a two- issue patreon only spotlight where the bad butts of the fresh start crew beep boop and you heard them on the weekday edition that i had if you were listening to episode 119 those lovely people get to pick two books each week that me and brandon talk about you know a little more in depth on the patreon because we have a little bit more time to spread our legs and what we did was talk about venom 2099 number one and ghost rider 29 2099 number one this past wednesday and we liked one a lot more than the other and as this goes on you'll hear that dino thinks the same way so we'll see what book that one was but i am not going to waste any more time we're gonna go off to meet up with brandon to talk some books all right and here is brando yo there he is he did not bail I no, said in the intro, no, people get a little antsy, I think. I was, they, I was they finishing think... up uh, Gingerbread Men with McKenna out there. Oh, Gingerbread Men. You mean the uh, the Full Moon movie, Gingerbread Men or Ginger <laughs> I hope Dead Men? We just made well, about the, 30 of them. So. Part two is uh, Saturday Night Cleaver, if, if you are not aware <laughs> of that. That's one of Eric's favorites. That's but awesome. uh, you have the Gingerbread Men. We had some Gingerbread Bread that I got at all oh, I love that, and, too. Yeah, nobody seemed to like it. I'm going to try some. I'm a huge Gingerbread here. like Christmas oh, are guy. You? Look oh, at yeah. you. 
that pumpkin, Mr. Gingerbread like over that. here. I'm down. Are you I'm running a, as I'm fast a basic as you beat. can? Yeah. Yes. Here we go. We have Savage <laughs> Avengers number eight. Number eight. It's called Dinner. I feel like it's Victor. been a while since this came out. I don't know why. It has but... been. Well, the thing is, we didn't talk about seven. So that, that might not? be the reason. No. One? No. Okay. Yeah. You just read it. I think that you actually reviewed it on the site as well. Yeah, but we I did think not. Yeah. We did not talk about it on the podcast, but written by Jerry Dugan. Art by Patch Zercher. I'm going with Patrick. I'm not playing these games, old Patches. Another another one of these Hallam, oh, Hopeless, Patch, whatever. Patch there. Uh, color artist Java Tartaglia. And uh, Patch has changed that a while. I say all this, and he'll never hear it because he blocked us on Twitter. <laughs> he, he doesn't like me. Letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Recently, a group of fierce warriors forced the evil sorcerer Cullen Gath to retreat, but Colin Gath implied that their victory was a tainted one and that eventually the warriors would serve him. I, I hope serve him drinks. His yeah, ominous remark nice. was weighed heavily on Conan and who managed to escape with Colin Gath's amulet, a power of the third eye of Agamotto. How many eyes are there? There's, There's three. Von they, Doom. they give you the rundown of all of them. Yeah. This issue. Oh, I'm saying I think there might be 20. They're just yeah. giving you a couple. Victor Von Doom. Plus, they say that this might be a fake. Upon discovering that Conan carried his, this amulet, kidnapped Conan and brought him to Latveria. Conan didn't take well to the forceful gesture. That is until Doom proposed a feast. And you start off with Stephen Strange trying to figure out where this eye is, where all the trouble's going down. It says Latveria, and he ports off. But yeah, the big thing is this dinner here. Not really the big thing because we move on from it. But, you know, you're going to have Conan sit down to a nice dinner with Dr. Doom. He basically tells him to take off his mask. And, you know, yeah, Conan He's offending care. him. Take your mask yeah. off and join yeah, me he for says, food. Well, what's bum. going on? He's like, uh, you know, I ended up uh, being, you know, hurt, disfigured, scarred. And he's like, oh, so you're vain. Yeah, yes. That, that is actually, you know, the <laughs> yeah, reason why he has it. But, it. Yeah. yeah, he takes Who it thought off. Conan was Dr. Phil. Yeah, really, he is. He is there, the Dr. Phil the Barbarian. And so he's there, and it's one of those things where, you know, some people may expect Conan to throw up here or, you know, lose his appetite. Conan doesn't care. He's seen worse. So he ends up, you know, just drinking and eating anyway. And he wants to know, and throughout all this, he wants to know, how much money am I going to get? Yeah. You know, that that's all he up, really needs. Yeah, so in the meantime, there is a disturbance and it is Stephen Strange outside of the castle. And I guess you can guess that uh, Dr. Doom would have some sort of spells that you couldn't port into the castle because Dr. Strange should have just went right into, you know, that room. But well, I would he, guess he that there's some good things. enough terms. That, you I, know, I just think that there's destroyed. probably some things going on that that, that won't allow him because Dr. Uh, you know, Dr. Doom being such a big, you know, sorcerer himself. But pretty much through this now, you're going to just go back and forth. I'm the best sorcerer. No, I am. I'm going to get the eye. No, I am. You end up have Steven saying, listen, it's it's not for real. It's cursed. It's a dupe. You know, it, you, I wouldn't end up doing this. So they end up in a funny deal giving it to a uh, a goat, goat and just sit there to see <laughs> if the goat ends up having problems, yeah. which it doesn't seem to have no. problems. Uh, and that's where you say you it's go weird through. That convinces them it's all right at the, no, this moment in time, which though. it doesn't <laughs> seem to be anyway. I don't like, think what, Stephen what? Strange he agrees, but you know he's trying to figure it out. 
What were you no, going to say? I was say? just going to say, well, what did they think this was going to happen to this goat? Like, I think to that me, maybe if they put think the pers- amulet on, you still need to know how to work it in a, in yeah, a way. Yeah, I think you that know? maybe they thought that it was just, you know, cursed trap. to the point where you just put it on and you die. Uh, you know, the goat lives. Uh, you end up having, like I said, Stephen this Strange. Tom Brady this, in the book? Um, yeah, really. This amulet is old. He is the goat. Uh, but not as old as mine, he says. Agamotto is said to have found the eye in the sea of stars, or he created it when he was the sorcerer or any one of the other myths. It's like he he doesn't know for real. He's just saying things. Um, but you're, you're going down the idea of is this true? Is it one of the true eyes? What not? But Doom doesn't care if it's cursed. Doom doesn't care if it has too much power. Doom just wants power. And it's funny because the other book me and you are going to talk about is Dr. Doom. And you're reminded that he will even damn someone he loves yep. to hell yeah, for power. Reminded. So he doesn't Definitely. care. I mean, he is just it, – it's that's cursed, but it's powerful. All right, it's for me. He He does not care. And so you end up where Conan through all this is just like – I just want to get paid. I mean, and and really to him, now you got the bidding war going on. It's great for him. He's like, all right, this is awesome. I'll go with this. But they end up deciding to go and face Colin Gath uh, about this because of the eye and all this stuff. And it it just kind of jumps. There's some jumps in this issue that are... You know, uh, not jarring, but it's just like, all right, here we go. Yeah. It just it goes from one moves scene quick. to the other. Like, th- yeah, this has, you can tell this issue more than any in the series so far. Almost that this uh, is set up as a 12-issue series. It's going to be in and out because just based on the pace of the way this one yeah, is Yeah, this moving. one's quick. Yeah. And I'm telling you, by the end, I don't mind this issue as much no, as some I mean, of the I, others. I've have. enjoyed this series. I, I actually, know some yeah. people hate it, but I, I don't I really like it as much as I was at first. I think it fell once that you know issue where you saw yeah, Colin Gath was not going to be definitely. defeated, and then yeah. they separated. It, it kind of became nonsense. But I do like Doom Stephen Strange uh, combo there, Doc. You know the Docs there. I like the their, uh, you know, their yeah. team up there. And then Conan's just in the back and he hates sorcerers, you know, all this. They even have a point where you have Doom saying, I, I did kind of interrogate Conan. I don't think he's with Colin Gath. That's the big thing he came up with. But this is where even the idea where they open up the portal to go and, and Conan just goes ham on these guys. He just yeah. goes to town. He beheads both of these he guys. He impresses that are there, both these Dr. Guards. Strange and Dr. Doom. Oh, we'll keep yeah. this guy around. Yeah. And so where you have this going on, you have that they're going to go to Colin Gath. They're going to face him. Even uh, Doc Strange says, Dr. Strange says that once we get out of this portal, Colin Gath will know we're here. He's going to attack. He, he, so let's be ready. Conan just springs out. He just starts going to town. But this is where you end up having, you know, Dr. Strange and Dr. Doom still talking about, well, you know, let's, you know, be careful here. And I, I sit there and I'm going to talk to Conan and he's pretty, and you have Dr. Doom just like my patience is at an end. He just attacks. He ends up attacking Conan where Conan says, I'm going to get this, you know, guards uniform on. I'm going to pretend it's a stormtrooper, uh, you know, outfit. I'm going to go around and, <laughs> and have the Wookiee there. And they're going to ask what's he, what are we doing with that thing? You know, but he ends up blasting him 
And, you know, then Doctor Strange gets the old crimson band. So, yeah. you know, he can't talk or move. Yeah, Doctor and Strange's had when, enough, or Doctor Doom has had enough yeah. of this game. I'm mixing him up now. He's had yeah, enough he's of this like, game you know, everyone's playing. I'm getting like, give me animal. what I want now. Yeah, and yeah. he wants it. He gets, you know, and he's like, show me what this Agamotto eye reveals. And he's like, oh, no, ah, ah. And his head gets blown off. It's a booby trap I mean, all along. Yeah, it's yeah. a booby trap. So the thing is. I guess that the goat just didn't ask what it sees. And the thing is, I mean, he does say, what is this? And maybe it is that he saw something crazy, but it just beheads him. And now I think, okay, it's a doom bot. That's all I could think. Or they're just going to bring him back as it goes. But yeah, you end up having a laughter come from the side panel. And then there it is. It's Colin Gath who says, you know, and so dies the world's most dangerous sorcerer. That leaves my two old enemies. And you do say at the beginning, Conan, and Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom are all talking, and Conan's like, I've killed Colin Gath like seven times. I mean, I can't kill this guy enough. He keeps yeah. coming back. Doctor Strange and then he's still says, alive in the future concerning Yeah, and Conan Doctor there. Strange says, I, I've faced him in New York, and really, we have a lot uh, on our hands because this guy is powerful. I can't defeat him on my own. In fact, when we get to Colin Gath, he has Papa Midnight. We have to get him as well. We need his help to fight. You know, Dr. Doom doesn't care. And Dr. Doom thinks that he could just take care of him by himself. But what we end up with is a dead Dr. Doom. This guy can't stay alive in the book that he's no, in. I know. He just, just keeps dying. Say, yeah, and maybe he'll intersect again. He's himself. He's just coming back from oh, the I'm dead telling in you, that book. What it's going to be is if you could actually see the full afterlife of the Marvel Universe going on, Dr. Doom is passing himself going to hell as the other one is going back to <laughs> Earth. I mean, they're going back and forth, probably high-five each other Fancy as to they're doing here. it. It's like a tag team deal in hell. Uh, But yeah, the whole deal goes, I don't mind it. It's very quick. I like the Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom interplay. I like them teaming up. You're not going to get that much, and it's pretty cool. And then Conan's just there to basically, while you have Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom argue about who's the better sorcerer, you have Conan spitting on them. And telling him he don't like sorcerers. He's like, you know, I'm just hanging out with you right now. I don't like you guys. I don't like your type. But it's even the old ideas like, hey, this amulet might be cursed. And Conan's like, okay, well, buy it first to find out if it kills me. He keeps trying to get this money from it because he just wants to get rid of it. But, yeah, at the end you find Colin Gathen. And the thing is, it's it's issue eight. And if it is, say it does only last till 12, we're going to end up. You know, at a point where we haven't even had the team together and it's just going to end. That's why I think it might end up, but it's not selling well. It's not doing great. All these things. So you that's, need that's the team together. That's my life story for books I enjoy. Yeah. And, and the team ended up separating, but had that thing where they were cursed and they were got, they had a disease, I, I guess, herpes from Colin Gath. So that was their tie-in to stay together because as that first you know five six issues were going i kept saying to you i like this book but what's going to happen afterwards what's going to when i yeah. thought they were going to defeat colin gath at that point uh, but what's, that's where we what's keeping this crazy team together and there really wasn't but at the end that's why i didn't like that the last issue of that first arc it was just basically all right, you, you're sick to stay together. I'm getting out of here whoop, 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 as he ran off. And now you have to go find me and you, to get this. And it seemed very forced to keep them together. And then they're not together. We haven't had them together, really. There's these, you know, team ups and, you know, two people together. Yeah, there's three. Small then you portions go see that. of the team that link so up. Weird. And that's about it. Yeah. And so it's hardly the Savage Avengers. It's the Savage, whoever the couple people are at that point. 
and let's get on with it. But sometimes it's fun, and I don't mind this. I thought Patch, I'll go with Patch, since at the end, I did like Azard a lot. It, it actually fit so well. I think the kind of the Conan feel, especially when he's on the page, but even just all the characters, I think they did a really good job with the art. And so by the end, I, I'd like to, I'm going to give it a seven, eight. I'd like to give it an eight, but not enough happens uh, until the very end. It's a lot of yipping and yapping and, you know, uh, yelling at each other. But by the end, ah, screw it. I'm going to give it an eight because it does end with Dr. Doom <laughs> dying and, and a pretty good cliffhanger. So eight out of 10 for me. Uh, what would you give it? Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven, five only because I think I read Dr. Doom first and the effect of Dr. Doom dying yeah, is just I read like this first went and then went the second head, deal. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, other I read than that, this. I mean, I still really enjoy the art. I, I find Conan enjoyable, you know, teaming up with this ragtag of, of, you know, group of people he's stuck with yeah. all the time. Uh, I, I did enjoy the yes. first group more with Wolverine, obviously. But yeah, you that's know, the I, thing is, I have fun they're with this still book, out though. there, though, and I, I want them back. I yeah. want them to be there because they are sick together. And that was the big thing to keep them together, but yet we're not really getting much yeah, of no, that. Yeah, no, I've completely – I'll have to go back and reread what those characters are even up to when they, they pop yeah. back because I don't really remember where we left them in this. Yeah, yeah they kind of just Conan left separated. Since I mean, the just imagine, too, you had Punisher involved. I mean, we had a lot of guys involved in this, guys and gals, Electra, all this going on, and they're just separated not to be together. And it was uh, – that's the, the allure of this book to me was going to be – the diverse cast, the the big cast of some pretty cool heroes, and then they're just kind of shoved aside. The one that didn't make as much sense, though it is Colin Gath, so that's your Conan tie-in. But I wanted to see more of the others than I wanted to see of Conan, and that's kind of the one that we keep following. So that's that. But we're going to go off now to some mail. Do you have the time to drop me and Brendan a line? At weirdsidesmumblecomics at gmail.com We will read them all at the wrong turn, says Mel Call. Whether they're positive or when they are not. I should be back in school. You can give a shout out to your peeps. Make fun of Brandon, but not me. I'm one of the lucky ones. It's all for the weekend show. Brandon lives in Buffalo. Now here's something to say. Yo, it's mail call. We will not let you get away with this. We will not. And we will not let you get away from not emailing us. Isn't that a good segue? Thank you, Greta. Thank you for letting me use your just voice that inspires us all. You should be back in school. You're a young girl. Get back in school. Please. You're going to you're going to flunk. You're not going to hand in your homeworks. You're out there. Talking and riling people up, and I don't know I what else. In school. We've already discussed that. I don't know why you keep doing that. This is the mail section of the podcast. If you want to be part of the mail, you can mail us. That's how you do it. And all you have to do is mail us at weird science marvel comics at gmail.com. Should be in the show notes. I should be putting that there. And I have had a good night's sleep the last couple nights. My beauty rest I had. And so I am a little more chipper. I hope that you can tell that. Still don't have my medicine. They're still not, you know, filling that thing. So who knows? But maybe I have uh, now passed that on by and went around the world a couple times backwards and turned back time. I don't know. I'm like, share. I don't even know if that makes sense. And the first male is Johnny Fresno, who always 
makes sense. And he says, weird sciencers. I listened to and enjoyed the Marvel episode 119 that reviewed Black Cat number seven and Miss Marvel number 10. The magnificent Miss Marvel number 10, I'll have you know. Your review of Miss Marvel captured all the nuances and character moments so well. It was almost better than the comic itself. Oh, my. I'm blushing. I agree with you that Kamala is a great character, and this is the driving narrative of the mag, as it should be. She's a good kid trying to do the right thing and help people. Mr. Uh, Saladin Ahmed seems to understand and care about all the characters. This makes me care about the characters as well. Miss Marvel is consistently entertaining, and one mag I won't miss. And I fell behind on it at one point, but I'm glad that I'm caught up and going forward, and I do really like it. Black Cat is the surprise mag of the season. It is, uh, with Loki getting cut at five issues and Marvel launching and restarting Doc Coom mags. It says more than I do my diets and pledges to exercise more. You and me both. Black Cat is soaring above and beyond Marvel's other villain solo mags. And yeah, there's always a, you know, a Doctor Doom deal going on and whatever, but I like the fun. And girls, they just want to have fun, as Cindy Lauper once sang, and she was talking about me, and I know it. Uh, not Captain Lou Albano, who is in that video and uses the craziest rubber bands on his beard. I didn't enjoy Black Cat number seven as much as the previous issues because it was serious. Why so serious? This mag is at its best when it's 40% action, 40% funny, and 20% characterization. And I'd say that what I like is 60% action, 40% funny, 38% characterization, and then probably 14.5%, you know, more funny. That's what I want. I don't want a Eugene O'Neill play for Black Cat. Neither do I. Was that who wrote High School Musical? Is that who that was? I hope it returns to fun, fun, fun. And I'll just add, just like the Beach Boys sang, uh, and sang very well, even though I'm more of a Beatles fan. I'm a longtime Marvel reader, and I consider Captain America, Spider-Man, and Iron Man Tier 1 Marvel characters. I like Miss Marvel, while I would categorize her as a Tier 2, maybe. I, I mean, here's the deal. Captain Marvel, if you consider Captain Marvel a Tier 2, then I think Miss Marvel, unfortunately, goes down to Tier 3. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I'm not throwing shade at anything here. I'm just saying in general, I love Miss Marvel. I love Kamala. I think in my in my heart, she's tier one and always makes me shed a tier one. And uh, I need my drum, uh, you know, rim shot for all these jokes. They're, <laughs> they're, they're not hitting as well as they should. Uh, so I need to accentuate it with a big, giant rim shot just like that. Yeah. See how good it does? You know, knock, knock. Who's there? Nobody. And it's still laughter when you have a rim shot. I need something to go around with me all the time. You know, a walking rim shot, maybe even a walking soundboard. I'm going to hire a guy to do that. That'd be awesome. Uh, but yeah, he says Black Cat is a villain love interest that I thought of as cheesecake before I read the current run. All this said, I'm enjoying the Miss Marvel and Black Cat mags immensely while I'm currently not reading the current Captain America Amazing Spider-Man or Tony Stark Iron Man mags. And I do think they need to do some sort of change. Uh, I'm not saying that those books are good, bad, or indifferent. 
But the problem is I'm not really reading them either, and I know a lot of people who aren't, and that's what you need to have. You need to at least have people be reading. And the reason why I ended up starting the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast that has a website at weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, if you don't know that, uh, was because I wanted to read more Captain America. And then we talked one issue, and then the second issue, I was out. And I keep trying to peek back in, and then I keep peeking back out. I'm like a peekaboo artist is what I am, and I cannot get into it. We talked about uh, Iron Man for a while, kind of got sick of that. Uh, You know, some of the things coming up, maybe, you know, the 2020 stuff, but I don't know. It just, uh, Dan Slott is another one. I'm like, I got to get in on this Dan Slott. And like, when when I came over to Marvel, I thought to myself, you know who seems to be everybody's darlings and nobody gets upset at is Dan Slott. And Nick Spencer, they're they're gems, aren't they? And then I come over and I realize why a lot of people were were mad at them. And uh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man, just not digging it. And it's just, I I don't know, I just can't grab onto it. And it just doesn't feel like the Spider-Man that I wanted to get involved with. Uh, But what is wrong with this picture? And it is crazy. Now, this is the thing. There, there's something wrong with the picture when you're not reading Captain America, Amazing Spider-Man, and Tony Stark, Iron Man, and instead reading Miss Marvel and Black Cat. But why that picture might be actually good is that at least you have a Miss Marvel and a Black Cat to read. And that's another thing that I like about Marvel. And, and really, I end up doing both the DC and the Marvel podcast each week. The DC one, a lot longer than this one. If you think that this podcast is long, uh, you're a rookie. I, we have had 13-hour episodes of the DC Comics Podcast, and that's not a joke. We were doing that, and we've never missed a week in 257 weeks. All this nonsense. I mean, if Brandon was over there, who wait? He'd get kicked out right away. Um, but with that, I'm enjoying the variety at Marvel way more than I'm enjoying the variety at DC. I think that that's the thing that keeps me going at Marvel. There's always the, these little books that I enjoyed. We all had, you know, most of the people in the get fresh start crew. I uh, enjoyed Superior Spider-Man. Now, again, it always is sad because most of these books are either miniseries or get canceled. But hey, we had Superior Spider-Man while we had it, right? And, and it was great. Uh, thanks for making great podcasts. I enjoy every episode of the main Marvel podcast and the Marvel related Patreon podcast. And and the way I am crazy, Johnny, you just threw shade at everything I do with everything else. You only like the Marvel. So then I get upset, but I'm not really upset because how could I be upset by a guy with the name Johnny Fresno? And the answer is I can't be. You, you never could be or get upset at anybody by the name of Dino because it reminds me of Dean Martin. And that makes me smile. Dino says, hi, Jim and Brandon. Brandon, are you here, Brandon? Right here. Bring on the even numbered podcast. Should you call it Weird Science Monday Night Marvel Podcast or Weekend Recovery Edition or none of the above? Uh, I like Weekend Recovery Edition. And Brandon, he was drinking it up yesterday. His bills lost. So it seems like he drinks more when they're winning. You would think that he'd drown him with his misery. You'd think that when they're losing, and that was a close game, he ends up just kind of giving up on the drinking. I don't know. Good week of comics. X-Men number three should have been titled Geriatric Park. I hear that. I hear it's a lot of Golden Girls going on there. In case you didn't read it, elderly people broke into Krakoa with uh, and want plants to rule the earth. I think that, you know, yeah, you say that. Uh, everybody says Golden Girls. 
Uh, I get more a cocoon from that. And really, if Steve Gutenberg isn't in every episode uh, or issue of X-Men, I'll be upset. But yeah, it sounds like the cocoons. So seriously, like old woman Poison Ivy and friends. Only bummer no Gabby to sing the Golden Girls theme song when they came to Krakoa. And isn't that the one that's like, just some good old boys? Isn't that the Golden Girls theme? I think it is, right? Or it's, I'll be there for you. Is that it? I, I don't know. Anyway, in Excalibur number three, Jubilee is now Marvel's mother of dragons. So I'm really hoping someone calls her Jubilee. In Game of Thrones, Khaleesi is the mother of dragons. And it's funny you say that. And a lot of people are like, well, really? Like, you got to tell us about the Game of Thrones. I've never seen anything past. Uh, the first season, and, and I'm pretty sure Sean Bean, he he continues on, right? Is that what happened? I really like Venom 2099. Did you guys read it? Yes, we did. We actually had it on the Patreon spotlight. Jody Houser did her homework on Venom and had lots of awesome references to prior Venom storylines. That is what I said before, that we ended up doing Venom 2099 and Ghost Rider 2099, and we were partying like it was 2099, and I ended up liking, and so did Brandon Venom a lot more, then the Ghost Rider 2099, and I'll tell you, uh, the Venom is my favorite so far. So I think Jody Hauser did a great job. I think that she was not caught up in the minutia of the world. She got to the story. She ended up telling the deal and also telling background. I think that it was real smart. I said it on the Patreon deal. I thought it was real smart to give that splash page of her backstory in there because you get right to it then. You don't have to waste time. A lot of these books, a lot of the 2099 stuff seem to be wasting their time getting to the actual 2099 hero. And once you get there, there's no more time left. But my only fear was mention of Null may have turned you guys off of it. And it's funny you say that it did. It did a bit at the end. But all roads lead to Null and Quintar is Cage. Did you guys read Old Man Quill? No. The ending was pretty cool and a nice cameo by Danny Cage and Bruce Jr. I'm waiting for The Avengers of the Wasteland. I can't wait for that book. Nice reward for Wasteland's loyal fans. But no, I have not. We read the first like four issues of Old Man Quill. I heard there was a twist later on in the series that actually made it pretty cool. I have not caught up on that book. I'll try to catch up on it and I'll catch up to it eventually. And it's over. So it really won't make any bit of a lick of sense to this podcast. But, you know. I like it. Marauders had a fun text message conversation between Bishop and Captain Pride. Uh, Lastly, we finally get an answer sort of about Kamala's suit and Magnificent Miss Marvel. What were your guys' thoughts on any or all of these? And Dino sent this in before I did the Friday show. Uh, And and I want to mention, I didn't mention it yet. Uh, I was going to mention at the beginning and I forgot. I'm trying to get the weekday show to come out on Thursday night. I will try my hardest to do that because I, I like to maybe have people be able to listen to it at work on Friday, you know, get through that last day of the week before the weekend. Because I think some people, you know, they're not going to listen to podcasts on the weekend. So then on Monday and still on Monday morning, I guess you could listen to it. But I'd like it to come out Thursday, space it a little more out. Uh, but he says, what are your thoughts? And I, I really like Magnificent Miss Marvel a lot. Uh, I don't read X-Men, so I didn't read X-Men 3. Didn't read Old Man Quills, can't say anything about that, but I did like uh, the Venom and also, I mean, there's a lot of books. The X books I've avoided for the time being, and and I said that it's one of those I'd I'd love to 
talk about them, but I hadn't been enjoying them, and I don't want to sit and, you know, gripe and moan at things. I'd rather have fun and have a good time with things, even though we do have books that we gripe and moan about. Isn't that a saying? It is down at the rec center. Thank you for your time. Dino. So that is the mail. Thank you, Dino. Thank you, Johnny Fresno. And thank everybody. Uh, and like I said, if you want to mail in, you can mail at what is it? Weird Science Marvel Comics at gmail.com. And that would be awesome. And we're going to go off now for me to talk a couple books uh, by myself before then we come back with Brandon to finish off the podcast. No. Yes, and we won't hear any of Eric Shea because he's not on this podcast. He does not do anything on this here podcast. So you'll just hear me for a couple books here, including the first one. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite books. It is Daredevil number 14, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Marco Cacetto and Francesco Mobley, Nolan Woodard on colors and way down below. DC's Clayton Cowles on letters. It's through hell part four. Daredevil isn't done. Matt Murdock has finally accepted help and begun training with his ex, Elektra. To solve his problems and to be a hero that Hell's Kitchen needs, Matt has to learn how to focus his power. Detective Cole North, now on probation, has been struggling to accept that legal doesn't always mean right. Meanwhile, at the Strawman estate, Wesley orchestrated a plan to cover up Mayor Wilson Fisk's murder of rich socialite Ty Nichols. But Fisk's problems are just beginning. Leland Owsley has declared himself the new kingpin of New York, and there's a lot going on in this book. And what I like about this, and I'll start off by saying this, is that each scene, like you'll have Cole and Matt, then you'll have Fisk and Wesley, then you'll have later Matt and Mindy, and you'll have, you know, Izzy Libris talking to... You know, Hammerhead, you have all these things. And a lot of times a book like this with a lot going on will jump back, forth, back, forth, there, here, there, A to C to B to D to H to J. And you end up where by the end, yeah, you're going to get a bit of the story there, but you're going to get little snippets and then you're going to go off here and you just feel like you're a ping pong ball bouncing back and forth. And then by the end, just doesn't feel as satisfying as it should. What Chip Zdarsky's doing here, and you do have a bunch of scenes, you do have a bunch of different characters reacting or interacting with each other. And what he does is he goes into a scene and he pretty much gives you that complete scene before moving on. And at the end of it, 
It feels complete. It feels full. It feels like you've gotten a lot. So even in an issue that there aren't a ton of progression, though there there's progression, but not, you know, a ton of huge moments. There's just a lot of smaller moments leading to what will end up being a big moment. But because you end up in a scene and you complete that scene before moving on, I think it really plays out better. He's not being coy with this. He's not being clever. He's not trying to trick anybody because he's got a kick-butt story. He doesn't need to trick anybody. He doesn't need to bounce around all over the place to try to confuse you that not much is going on because there is a lot going on. And I think that that's big. I think that a lot of these books like to play that game where, say it's just... I'll just make up. Say it's a book based on the Pittsburgh Penguins. So you have the first scene where you get a little bit of Crosby. He's waking up. Well, then you go off to uh, Malkin, who's been up for a while, uh, but he has a headache. Now we go back to Crosby, who's now eating his breakfast. And then you go back to Malkin, who is now taking some Advil. And then you go back to Crosby. And uh, you know what I mean. You keep jumping back without getting a full scene. So by the end, it's so scattered that it never feels full. It, it, it doesn't feel. thing is also, I, it's easier to talk about on a podcast when you just go through a scene and then you finish and move on. And so the first scene is Matt and Cole, and they're at a diner. They're both getting coffee. The lady, the waitress is like, hey, are you going to rob me? Because Matt's pretty much the man in black here. And he's like, no, 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 I'm just sensitive to the light. Uh, and Cole says, in, I'm a cop, so if he does anything, I will arrest him. And they go through the talk, and it is the talk kind of at the beginning, the talk of what's right, what's wrong, what's legal, what's illegal, what is an order, and when you should follow it, and when you shouldn't, and things like that, where you end up where Cole's big thing, Cole's big thing is Matt being daredevil, he doesn't follow the law, and it's more accountability. It's the idea that he goes and does whatever he wants to do, and he might bend the law, he might break the law, but when he does, he's never held accountable for it. Almost like the idea of just because you're doing something good, it doesn't mean you can break the law. You still have to follow the law. You have to do both. You have to follow the law and be good. And the problem is with Matt kind of saying and Cole by the end of the scene realizing, uh, like it said in the beginning again in that little intro, uh, what's going on in Hell's Kitchen? There is a difference between legal and good right now because the cops are bad. They have bad cops there. They're dirty cops. They're on the take. And Cole is ending up being a guy who's trying to do the right thing and finding himself in a corner all by himself. And legitimately, the only one who's ever lent a hand to him recently and who doesn't put a target on his back is Matt Murdock, is Daredevil. So he's not going to end up arresting him or anything, but. He, they do have this fight. And one of the, you know, there's really good lines in this. One of the good line lines is when Cole starts talking about the law, and Matt's like, yeah, believe me, I know about the law. He's not going to reveal everything or who he is or whatever, but he's like, you know, I know about the law. You don't have to tell me or, or try to, you know, let me in on your little secret about understanding the law. I understand this. I do. Um, but again, you have... The idea where Cole's like, no, 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 you know, you as daredevil, you just think that you can have your cake and eat it too, and it's not fair. I shot a kid. He says, I'll tell you why I left Chicago, why I'm here in New York, is because I shot a kid. I was chasing a dealer. I ended up losing track. I saw somebody. I thought he had, you know, drawn a gun. It ended up being a phone. 
And I shot a 16-year-old. He, you know, he didn't die, but he's struggling still now. His life's hell, and it's because of me. But I was held accountable for it. I went through a psychiatric evaluation. I ended up having accountability. I was on probation. And Matt kind of, he doesn't laugh, but he kind of does and says, you really think that that is the same? Like, you're saying all this stuff, but yet you're a cop. A cop gets a psychiatric evaluation a cop gets put on probation anybody else who draws a gun and shoots somebody they're arrested they're in jail uh, whether it's an accident or not so there is differences in the law and right now uh, there's a rot going on i i ended up you were there when i was in the precinct and i saved your butt and you know as well as i do Something's wrong. They, the police here on the take, they're after you for being a good guy. And he just keeps saying, you know, Cole's like, you know, it's still the law. You know, when I shot that kid, I still followed the rules. I submitted to it. I, I submitted myself for judgment. You answer to no one. And that's bullcrap. And this is the thing where you're going to see where Cole is kind of changing, where you do have a mad daredevil. Who he doesn't answer to anyone, but he does. He answers to himself, and he answers to his moral compass, and he answers to doing the right thing. And I think that Cole is kind of realizing that it doesn't matter who you answer to. If you do the right thing, you do the right thing. And he knows that Daredevil does the right thing, and he knows that everybody on the police force, it seems everyone, is bad and on the take. But that's where... Matt says, you know, why aren't you arresting me then? If I'm so bad, why aren't you coming and slapping cuffs on me? And Cole's like, you know, because I, I really don't know, but things aren't as black and white as I thought they would be. And you end up helping people. When I go and when I went and investigated and he, he, he beat him up. I mean, Cole has been on Matt's butt since the beginning of the series. But everywhere he went, yeah, you find out that Daredevil you know, he skirts the law a little, but there's not one person who said, no, he didn't talk to the dead guy, but he's, you know, he hasn't talked to anybody. He says, oh man, that daredevil's a real jerk or whatever. He's like, you helped a lot of people and you helped me. And I know it shouldn't matter, but it does because I don't have any friends right now. Everybody on the, I'm an enemy to everyone and I'm an enemy for doing the right thing. I'm an enemy for trying to make things right. And yet, you know, I don't understand what's going on. And Matt's like, we're the same. We we both do what we have to do. Our enemies are the same enemies. We want to serve and protect. And why are the cops staying out of Hell's Kitchen? I don't understand. There's no cops. There's no cop presence. And he says, oh, it came down an order from Commissioner Taylor. And this is where you're going to continue. And the biggest point of it going forward here is Matt says, there's a gang war coming out. It's, it's going to be here soon. This gang war is going to erupt. Fisk is not there. There's a power vacuum. You know, and he ended up you know, going off to be mayor. Uh, there's these crime families, and they're about to just destroy Hell's Kitchen. And there's going to be innocent people who die in the crossfire and things like that. I don't want that to happen without the police there. It's being set up to happen. I think that Matt even realizes at this point, it's not just the idea of, hey, cops say hey, this is a plan. They want Hell's Kitchen to go to, to hell. They really do. And it's going to be basically let the gangs kill themselves. But a lot of innocent people will go down in the meantime. Matt ends it with, you're a good guy. You are a very good guy. I can tell you're a good cop. You're a good person. But at points, even though you want to follow orders, 
You're going to have to decide if the orders are good, if the orders are right, and then you decide. And time will tell uh, whether you did the right thing because that's usually how these things work out. And Cole says, hey, hey, you you going back to being Daredevil then? Is this what you're telling me? And he's like, no, no, no. I made too much mistakes as Daredevil. Uh, I'm not going to do that for now. And he walks off. And again, this is what I'm talking about. That's a full scene. You're not jumping back and forth where you get two pages each, 10 page. You know, you're not ping-ponging around. You sit there, you read this whole scene, and you're like, holy crap, you know, that was a really good scene. And then you move on. And if you have a writer, and I think Chip Zdarsky does this, if you have a writer who can write a bunch of good scenes like this, it just adds and it builds attention. It adds to the narrative. It ends up feeling like, you, you know, it's like a meal. Instead of getting two appetizers, a drink and a salad, you're getting some steaks. And then that's followed up. You wash that down with another steak and then you have a steak. You can tell I like steak, right? So it's just everything is very meaty, like a steak. But yeah, you go off to see Fisk. He, he isn't going to, to work. He's ending up working from home. These are flex hours, I'm I'm told. My wife, at one point, she worked for a, a big pharmaceutical, and they had flex hours. The problem is if you do flex hours where, like, you go in two hours late one day, you stay at home the other, whatever, you got to flex it back where the hours have to even up. Her flex hours ended up being, yeah, I'm not going to work today, but I'm not going to work, and I'm not going to make that up. That's not flex hours. And that's called being lazy. That's called Eric Shea. But you end up where Fisk, is at home he's reading the paper he's having his breakfast he's got some coffee there some croissants you know it's a fancy breakfast anytime you got croissants at breakfast you know there's fancy stuff going on wesley shows up he's let in uh and he goes and says hey uh wilson you gotta turn on the tv the news check it out they turn it on there's protests going about this whole idea of legalized marijuana so they're protesting you know down with pot we want the crops. It doesn't rhyme really good. How about down with the weed? Hunger is the need. Is that good? I'm not very good at slogans. Down with Mary Jane. We need the food. I think that would be good. But yeah, you have these people protesting and basically, you know, we need some some growers, not some showers. And we need all this. We don't need to pot. You know, all these people getting rich on the Mary Jane. We don't need that. We need these crops. We need the corn and the and the lima beans. And they're yelling on TV. So it's causing a problem because this is what Fisk wants. Fisk wants to legalize marijuana. And he has already made the investments. Him and Wesley made investments so that when this happens, they, you know, pretty much become instant millionaires. Problem is, though, is that there's protests. Well, while... Wesley gets on the phone to try to fix this with, hey, let's get some counter protests out there, you know, where they're like, we don't need food. We need to get high. That would be my slogan. <laughs> that would be really good, right? Down with the corn. We want the porn. That's another protest altogether. But you end up where, you know, he's going to do this and the call is cut into and it's cut into by the Strawmans. And it's kind of like a, a, a funny, quick way of showing that, boy, they they even have phones that will just cut into other phones. They even say, hey, listen there, Wilson, uh, we don't like the call waiting. Actually, it's talking to Wesley because he answered the phone at that one point. Like, we don't really do call waiting. We are the Strowins and, and we don't do this. But put on Wilson, please, because we want to talk to him. And you're going to get this continuing narrative of the idea that Wilson Fisk is he's not kingpin anymore. 
especially since Owsley said he was. But he likes power. He just killed a man because the man laughed in his face because pretty much as a clean mayor, he does not demand the respect that he did as Kingpin because he can't do anything about it. It's almost like you end up a lot of times where you have a lot of people who argue. They they argue a lot and do things. Well, when you get on Twitter and then you're just told to, uh, you know, okay, boomer, even though you're 27, you're not a boomer, but you, you end up not being able to say like, you better shut up or I'm going to punch you in the face because you can't punch people in the face on Twitter. I, I'm still developing the way that you can. We'll get back to that. I just need a USB punching glove, but everybody has to plug it in. I don't know why you would, but you have to so that if somebody gets in a fight, because people are acting person to Wilson the way that people act on Twitter, where there's no repercussions. You could be the biggest jerk you want. Nobody's going to do anything. And that's kind of how they look at Fisk. You're not going to do anything. You may. Well, he did. He ended up killing Ty. But that ends up being the Strowman's way in of, yeah, you know, we know all about it. They hint at it. They hint that they know what's going on. They say that your man Wesley is real resourceful. I mean, really resourceful. Uh, but you see those protests going on? Yeah, we're going to be able to help you. You can buy our count, compound. We'll figure it out. And you get the idea. They started the protest. They funded it so that he have to come. And now they're going to want a piece of the pie. They're going to they're going to force their way in, blackmail their way in. And this is where Fisk is furious again because People do not treat him like that, but they do now because he's trying to do. He thinks that becoming mayor, then maybe even further on, he gets real power. This is power. But the thing is, you're seeing that not only does Wilson need to have this power, needs to have the idea that if people talk back to him, he will just destroy them. I mean, he'll punch their face right off. I mean, you ever see a face come off? It's crazy. Uh, But he can do that but not as mayor. And I think that you're also seeing through all this too, is the city legitimately needs him to be a bad guy because without him, there's that power vacuum. Owsley, who's way worse, way more insane. Fisk at least is calculating. He is a guy who wants to make money. He wants everybody to make money. He wants to be. So yeah, he's going to do bad things, but not Owsley things. Owsley's just going to destroy the city. So it's everybody kind of has their place and a place for everyone. And Fisk is trying to go beyond that. And it's kind of screwing around with everything. And it's slowly getting to the point where you can imagine that he's just going to go back to being Kingpin. Or he's just going to be, I'm just going to be Kingpin as mayor. I'm just going to wreck house, uh, whatever. But they end up, you know, come and see us. He's mad. He he takes it out on those poor croissants. I mean, really, the croissants did nothing, Fisk. And croissants, they just sit there. And the the worst thing that they are are delicious, right? So, and, and really, if you ever have one of those glazed croissants when they make them into kind of like a donut, oh, my. That is fancy stuff. You, you can't eat one of those with your pinky down. So you end up then the next scene again. Full scene. You go over, and now you're going to have a quick scene with Matt. Mindy comes by, and Matt says, Hey, listen, this is no booty call. You got to get out of the city. You got to get out of the state. You got to get out of the country. Possibly go to Gay Paris and have some croissants. It'd be great. You have them. And I don't know, Mindy, if you realize sometimes they put glaze on them. It's like a donut. It's delicious. And she's like, the heck with you. I'm not listening to you. You bring me to your apartment. You you end up making sweet love to me, and then you avoid me. You, you don't talk to me, and that's a bunch of BS, and I'm not going to take it. I have all these men in my life. They're trying to run my life for me, and I'm sick of it. 
And that's like, I, I'm doing it because I care. I mean, I want you to get you and your daughter out of here. Please, your your family and the rest of the family, they're going to blow up everybody. Everybody's going to go down and, and you're going to get caught in the crossfire. She doesn't listen. She's just like, I'm not listening to you. I do what I want. It's like she's on Maury giving the crowd the finger, saying to catch me outside. And she ends up slamming the door. It says he's an effing idiot and leaves. And he's like, you know what, Matt? You are an effing idiot. He's doing a little contemplating self-evaluation. And he's like, you're an effing idiot, all right. An effing idiot, who cares? And people are going to die unless I stop it. And he looks and he's going to get his little outfit on again, his man in black outfit. And he's going to have to do things on his own. Then we go off to see Izzy Libris, the mother-in-law to Mindy. And Mindy's husband, uh, where they are there, her husband Thomas, and they're there brokering a deal, making a truce, kind of joining up with Hammerhead. He comes and he says, hey, uh, Izzy says, this is how we do it. Sometimes we end up making alliances. Uh, It's like I see on that Survivor show all the time. And I know Manship loves that show. So They end up making an alliance. They pretty much shake hands, say everything that's mine is yours. Let's combat ourselves or, you know, buckle down and go after Owsley. Or at least when he comes after us, we'll be able to stop him together. Hammerhead, actually, he seems legit. He seems to be legitimately on her side, mainly because of the idea that everybody else treats him like an idiot. And she does not. She actually says, you know, I, I, I respect you. And he's like, you know what? You are the only one who never made fun of me. So I'm down with you. It seems like he's legit. Uh, and so they, they end up making the deal, making the pact. He goes off. And that's where you have Thomas, uh, Izzy's son, say, oh, man, you know, he's crazy. He's one of them ex-gangster guys. And I've seen good fellas. It's not going to work out. And she's like, just shut up. She even says, and she's done this before, like, let the grown-ups talk here. Let let the grown-ups figure things out. You, you get over there. He's getting more and more mad. He's going to screw things up. I keep saying this, but I know he will. He's going to. Well, then you go off, and there's Cole. He's patrolling out. He's on probation. Remember, he's going off with a partner there, and they head into Hell's Kitchen. They're not supposed to. He goes in. He ends up seeing a bunch of thugs beating up a a fake daredevil who's out cosplaying but trying to do good especially at this point where no cops are doing anything in hell's kitchen so you're going to get these wannabe daredevils trying to make a difference it is one of those things where cole's like oh man this this daredevil's in my head what he said it's bothering me i'm gonna have to do something and he sees this going on he gets out of the car and just it breaks the one guy's nose. He just slugs him. And even as this is going on, the, you have these thugs like, nobody's allowed in the Hell's Kitchen. And he just beats up these guys. And he ends up even saying to his partner there, hey, Green, cuff that other guy. And Green's like, uh, you know, orders are we don't. And he's like, be an effing cop and do it. You see Green doing it. Green's going to be on probation. Cole is going to get kicked off the force. He asked to for doing this. They're not supposed to be in Hell's Kitchen doing this. But he's doing the right thing. He even then gets the guy who's dressed up as Daredevil. Bloody nose. This guy was getting the crap kicked out of him. And now he's changing his complete tune. He realizes now. And I think he also realizes, look, when if cops aren't in Hell's Kitchen doing their job, these other people are trying to do it. And these people are going to get killed. So he says to this guy, listen, thank you. 
you know what thank you and you just go home because we're here we're, we're back we're gonna we'll take care of this you know we got it from here and even says the devil's in my head but it's one of those he's doing the right thing he really is well we end then with daredevil you know matt he's on a rooftop he's sitting there waiting he ends up hearing Electric come and he says oh she's sloppy I can hear her. maybe she's taking pity on me And he starts fighting her And boy he, he's going to town He, he really is he, he like this is the Point where alright we see He's ready he this is where He should have waited till Go out in the first place when he Came back and not you know he wouldn't have Ended up killing a guy even at one point you do Have this quick thing where he doesn't Go to the probation hearing of His one client that he wishes he Could uh, the one uh, client that he killed his brother, stuff like that. So that's still hanging out there. That it looked like he had seen him and stuff like that. But he ends up fighting Electra, kind of sparring. But And you end up Electra's like, why, why are we fighting on the NYPD headquarters here? I mean, what's going on? And he's like, I'm, I'm listening in. I'm eavesdropping on the commissioner because I want to see who is the bigwig, who is pulling the strings, who is the commissioner doing this for. And he ends up finding out it's the governor. And it's a weird deal where you almost think that you have Matt who says to Cole, yeah, you know what? You should be in Hell's Kitchen. This is nonsense. Be a real cop. Follow your heart. Follow the yellow brick road. Do all this. Waiting for Cole because he knows Cole's going to do this. Waiting so that Cole ends up doing this. That then gets back to the commissioner. That then goes to the governor. Like he kind of set up Cole, I think, for the fall. But in the meantime, doing the right thing and maybe joining him as well. Uh, but he does hear that it's the governor. The governor is the one who has this plan, not the mayor, the governor. So it goes all the way up. And so you end up where Matt says to Electra, it's the governor who's doing this. And listen, I'm sick of these drug dealers and thieves, these small, you know, and it's not even just the small time things. It's basically like I'm sick of stopping the symptom and not the disease, the symptom of these drug dealers and these thieves. And they're just doing the stuff because the people up above with the money, the bigwigs, they're pushing the system and doing bad things themselves. So these are so let's stop. Let's go after the bigwig. I'm going after the governor. You want to come with me? And that's where Electra's like, yeah, I think I can manage that. And that is actually the line that made me laugh. Yes, I think I can manage that. And they're going to go off there. And you even have next issue and you have both Matt and Electra there. Looks like they're ready to kick some butt. So I love the issue. I really did. I love the art in this. I really like the way I said at the beginning, I like the way that you get complete things before moving on, because then at the end, it really feels like you got a lot. And uh, with that, not a ton of progression i mean you're you're getting kind of a movement of cole realizing daredevil's not bad going off to eventually it seems to team up uh you end up getting more of the hammerhead joining up with izzy all these things are kind of set up for the thing but as we're going through these there is a tension building because of all the things going on and everything coming to a head things like that uh so i did like it i like it every time uh i read it more And now I've read it four times. I said the last time because little do you know, this is the second time I had to record this because the other one, it had some problems. So this is now the fourth time I've read it. Each time it does go up a bit. 
And I gave it an 8.5 on the site. I'm actually up to a 9 now. I'm up to a 9 out of 10 for this. I really, really like it. And if you want to know how much I like this book, me and Brandon at the end of the year coming up, that last week of December into January, that sort of deal, we'll have an end-of-year awards kind of show. And you'll be hearing this one mentioned a couple times, I think, by me. So 9 out of 10, which now I'm going to go off to lighten up the mood a little we'll lighten it up a little after that issue and this is going to be very quick because i'm going to talk about spider-man and venom double trouble number two pretty much an all ages book with venom and spider-man so if you have the kids at home you got yourselves a little baby fresno Uh, this is one that you could read to the baby fresno or your own version maybe baby yoda as you'll hear a little later but this is the number two issue and it's written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Guerrero, who I love, letters by VCs Travis Lanhan. And I love all of Guerrero because that is a bunch of people. I always have to mention that. Spider-Man and Venom, they've been enemies. Yes, they have. They've been allies. Uh-huh. They've been plenty of things in between. Ooh. But now they're roommates. Unfortunately for Spidey, Venom is pretty awful to live with, which you would guess. He doesn't pay the rent. He eats all of Spidey's food. And he unleashed plant monsters in the apartment of their neighbor, Ghost Spider. So pretty much he's like a kid. You know, it's like having a kid. And and I'll tell you, my son, Wraith, has done all these things except possibly eaten Spidey's food. But I think he did unleash plant monsters in the apartment of Ghost Spider. Spider-Man realized how much worse it can get when he wakes up to find venomous switch bodies. Oh, no. So the, the fun of this is you go back and forth where you have Peter dealing with being in the venom body. And in the meantime, you have Venom there in Spidey's body. And the reason why he's doing that is because he wants to enter what is essentially American Gladiator. And since it is, I want to know where Nitro is because you know he's somewhere. You know that Nitro is hiding somewhere with those biceps. Uh, But it's called Battle of the Heroes in this. And why Venom is doing this is because they do not allow villains in it. It's Battle of the Heroes, not Battle of uh, the uh, Villains. It's also kind of Battle of the Network Stars, which if you ever watched that back in the day, Chachi wins it all because Chachi always wins. So you end up where he's going to be Spider-Man for the day so he can win the big prize at the end. You have him jumping through obstacle courses, and these are not. It's it's almost like in uh, Sky High, Save the Citizen, but instead, you know, you're going through blades going. You're going through a lot of things that seem to be based on like it would be villain traps. Uh, you're jumping over or swinging over sharks. You're going through flaming hoops, things like that. So it's pretty fun. Uh, the big thing, though, is at the end, he gets to the end thinking he has won everything, but that was just part one. You know, all right, you, you've you advanced to the next stage. Uh, and he's like, what? Oh, man. Because what you end up winning is this big uh, slicer, dicer, manipulator, matter manipulating gun is what he wants at the end. That's the big prize. Uh, so while this is going on, Peter is trying to figure out how to use the Venom body because he's been switched in there. And he gets attacked by Green Goblin who says, hey, Venom, you owe me money. Let's go or owes him something. And it seems like Venom is, you know, one of those guys who always owes people something. So you end up having Peter in the Venom body, you know, on the run being chased by Green Goblin as he does a bunch of things. He jumps out a window, tries to use his webs. He doesn't have them because he's Venom. He's learning how to use the Venom body, things like that. But nobody likes Venom. So when he's there, 
An old lady's hitting him with an umbrella and throwing her dentures at him. The police are going to be after him. He's running around. He grabs a guy's scooter, commandeers it, almost like a Back to the Future Marty McFly. He grabs it and he's going on. And uh, yeah, Green Goblin's just chasing him through all of this. While at this point, you end up having Venom and the Spidey Buddy just backstage at this contest, drinking soda. Looks like even Jolt Cola, maybe. uh, Eating chips. And sending messages to to Peter saying, man, this is great. You see me on TV? I'm using your body. I hope you don't mind. Well, as as you have Peter in the Venom body going around, he's desperately trying to get a hold of Ghost Spider with crazy messages while he's running and he can't message very good and things like that. Again, it's all for fun. It's all cute little deal. I, I will say I wish that there were a little more in jokes of comic knowledge in here. If you ever read the Tiny Titans series over at DC. Uh, I end up really liking that because while it looks so cute and while you have pretty much at points, even the, the Teen Titans at school where Deathstroke is their gym teacher and you have Darkseid as the principal, things like that where it's just fun. But you actually in it learn a lot of things of the continuity of the comics, also of the characters in a cute little way that that kids can learn And parents can kind of snicker to themselves because of the in-jokes and things being said that really go back to stories of the past and things. that This really doesn't happen. This is pretty surface level, just kind of the idea of let's have some fun. And Guru's art is, is just great. It's very cute. It always is. And it fits the whole motif of this. Like I said, I wish it had a little bit more one of those things where a parent reading it to a kid even would get some giggles out of some stuff. It does not have that. But even with that, I'd give it a seven five. It's one of those if you have a kid and they want something, and I'm talking a younger kid, like a twelve, ten year old, eight, something like that. A teen, you know, they they do what they want, really. And they're, you know, more mature than I ever was as a kid, as they say. But a younger kid, I think, could get some fun out of this and even just like the drawings and stuff like that. So overall I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. But it's a 7 out of 10 with a recommendation, uh, you know, for a certain group or if you're a parent who wants to kind of get something to read to their kids and have some fun with it, uh, you could do a lot worse. I think that this is pretty good. But that's the end of my book section here. And we're going to go off to some news. And then from the news, we're going to go off to Brandone and me talking Dr. Doom. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's up for Jim and the news. Yes, it is time for me and the news. Kapuya. And the news item that I'm going to be talking about tonight is Strange Academy. Oh, my. It's strange indeed. Starting this March, Dr. Strange will be opening his own supernatural school to train the next generation of magic users in the upcoming comic book series, Strange Academy. 
created by Scott Young and Umberto Ramos. The new series has Strange enlists several notable magic users to help him teach at the New Orleans Space School. That doesn't sound like Creole. New Orleans it is, I says. And when you come here, when you get your knickers up in the bunch there. Does that sound like somebody from New Orleans? Hey there, eat some of this there spicy foods, you will. <laughs> ah, yes, I sound like that Creole chef back in the day. You, you know, bang, get up in the peppers is what they tells you. I think, I reckon they do. The new series follows a young girl named Emily Bright, who has possessed powerful magical abilities since birth, joining her at school for students from Asgard, the Dark Dimension, and more including Doyle Dormammu, the illegitimate and maybe infamous son of the longtime Doctor Strange villain. Infamous. Judging by the preview, the new students are about to hit the ground running. That that sometimes messes up your shoes when you do that. Your shoes come off, they go flying out, you get the flat. With the series blending coming-of-age tropes with supernatural hijinks set within the heart of the Marvel Universe and and everybody can tell it sounds like a combo uh, of like a bunch of movies. Basketball uh, meets Police Academy meets maybe Spaceballs is what I think it sounds all like. Strange Academy number one is written by Scotty Young and illustrated by Umberto Ramos. And the series debuts this March from Marvel Comics. And I do like Scotty Young. I liked his run on Deadpool. So I'm looking forward to this. It sounds pretty cool. And it's a lot of. A lot of the people who are DC fans sit there and say, oh, man, that just sounds like Gotham Academy. But I say, oh, no, you're wrong. It sounds more like Mystic You. And that's a deep cut. there. Mystic You is what it is. So, everybody, I'm going to be checking that out. I think that this is going to be a book that, say, a Dino and a Johnny Fresno will enjoy. Baby Fresno will probably be able to get involved with this. I think that this will be an all-ages romp. So that baby Fresno can just get I, I imagine now baby Fresno is probably the only thing cuter than maybe baby Yoda. But I, I'm kind of thinking baby Fresno might be baby Yoda now. So we'll have to figure that out. Uh, I think that it's more than just a coincidence. They all came about at the same time. kind of. But that's that. That's the news. And we're going to go off for me and Brandon to finish up the podcast. All right. And I'm back with Brandon. And we're here Yo. to talk Dr. Doom. Dr. Dr. Doom, Doom number three in particular, a story called Death in the Afternoon. Not Love in the Afternoon, Death in the <laughs> Afternoon. It's written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Salvador Alaraca. Colors by Guru Effects and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. Recently, an international program called the Antillian Project was developed to solve climate change. You know, like Greta is against, right? How dare you? That yeah. is right. Is By, that where the idea came from? I don't huh? think that she. I don't think that she'd be down with a black hole in the moon, though. I think that she might no. be against yeah, that. Let's ask her. You, that. Would you like a black hole? On the moon. Trash compactor. She just said she's one of the lucky I ones. I don't know what, that, know what means. that means. That doesn't really make sense, Greta. Go back to no. school. I should be back in school. You should be. Believing the project exactly. to be dangerously flawed, Doom publicly condemned the Antillian, which meant when the Latvian missiles struck 
the facility, killing nearly 3,000 people. He became the prime suspect. And I hate to say, every time they mention this, I swear that they add a 1,000 more to this. It's like one of those, it killed 3,000 people. You know what, Doom? You killed 4,000. I can't believe you killed 5,000 people. Doom willingly they're try, surrendered. They're trying to get the felony charges to stick. Oh, yeah. They need to up they're the They're trumping body up the charges is what they're doing, hoping yeah. to prove his innocence, but mysterious visions of a peaceful future with a loving family had been haunting him. I mean, those are the nightmares we all have, right? Uh, I mean, that sort of deal. And when Kang <laughs> appeared and confirmed that these glimpses were more than just dreams, uh, Doom escaped custody where he said, you know, are these real? Is this my my future is with this loving wife and kids? Oh, yeah, that's it. He's like, get me out of here. The Fantastic Force sent a Herbie unit Smart to recruit man. Dr. Adam Brashear, a.k.a. Blue Marvel. Uh, it was more of the, they sent him for the funeral type or, or the press conference, not the funeral, the press conference when they brought him in, but to track down Doom. But then he went off to do that. Meanwhile, Morgan Le Fay led a fugitive Doom to the witness, uh, to the witness to try to make sense of his visions. But before Victor could get answers, he was shot dead by a sniper, obviously Taskmaster that we saw. That's kind of confirmed by Kang. Um, but yeah, you start off in the future and now it's again now it is the version of greta that's talking greta stuff because it is doom in the future telling everybody that you know this should be the big thing going on you know we got to start looking at the environment i shouldn't be up here that's true (laughs) and you know we'll have courage and we'll have all this stuff but yeah it's him saying that he's the one that's going to save the earth from droughts, from hurricanes, from flooding. And, hey, the detractors think I'm playing God, but, hey, that humbles me because, you know, I am a God. But he even says, I was once a tyrant. You looked at me. Everybody was against me, but here I am. Uh, And then even goes on to say the definition of the word nirvana is pretty much a kick-butt band, uh, but also blowout and all this stuff. And I'm telling you, this is kind of a bunch of hooey. It is weird intro. Every time we flash to the future in this book, I get a little thrown out of the title, and I'm like, I I don't. I get you when we we go here, but I don't think I need to know more than that. Yeah. Well, here you go. When you're having this, it's basically the future doom is there to save the world uh, with this whole climate change, with all of this stuff going on. And he's going to be the smartest man in the world to do this. But in the meantime, you do have the bloody version of the dead Dr. Doom watching this all go down from yeah, the audience. Uh, you know, the, the gunshot still is new. Oh, you know, yeah, he's fresh. bleeding. It's still fresh. It's still smoking and things like that. And he's like, doom is my name, but no longer my purpose. The control is yours. Remember that as you vote. So he is a good guy. He's going this. And this is where, you know, you have doom. He doesn't like this. He, he, he doesn't want to cause trouble. He doesn't want to kill 3000 people, possibly 7000 now that we've mentioned a couple of times. But it's <laughs> like this drives him nuts. He doesn't know if this is the future. And one of the things that's spelled out here is it does even say like, I've had plastic surgery, even says that, you know, I I got my, you know, my scars and wounds taken care of and stuff like that. So you have all this in this future, but then you get to the next page and you have a four panel page that says, I am drowning my dear in seas of fire. And that's a Virginia Woolf quote. They have it there, but pretty much take Doom out of there and put Immortal Hulk in and you got the same book. And I'm telling you, I said it from the beginning. This book is trying to grab onto the feel of a mortal Hulk. And it's trying to it's and and hey, can you can you blame him? 
You know, it, no. you see where do, uh, all of a sudden the Mortal Hulk selling you know, so be much. A knockoff, be yeah, a knockoff and so of yeah, that's and that is the big book that's selling. But it's it feels so much to me like a Mortal Hulk, and it's trying to be fancy, and it's trying to be clever, and it's trying to redefine what a Doom book can be. But I don't know that this is the kind of book to do that. I, I don't know that people want the deep dive, let's get clever. Now, I may be wrong. I don't really want it. I don't need a philosophical, metaphysical type of Dr. Doom book here because by the end of this issue, you are not any bit further in a story, uh, you know, except that he was in hell and you have Mephisto there and yeah, saying, he's, oh, he's you want to make some deals. With Mephisto. Yeah, and he, he ends up having Mephisto say, well, the only way that I'll let you out of hell, you convince your lover over there that you doom the hell. So it's one of those where you have to go to Valeria, who was his love that he doomed the hell to get more power, and you got to convince her, well, she's not going to go with that. But then by the end, it doesn't matter because as all this goes down, you end up having Lady Death just come and say, no, 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 he's going up. He's going upstairs. He's going back to Earth because, you know, I want him to. And even then it's like, oh, Dr. Doom's like, you you see that I mean, well, I'm doing good. And she's like, no, no, no. I just want you to do my bidding. I'm like, OK, so really all this stuff in hell is just there to, to be there i mean you are yeah. reminded of his you know former love things like that you see his uniform looks guy. sweet in hell yeah yeah he's got a pretty hellish uniform that is pretty cool in the meantime in latveria you have victorious who's there and she's taking some meetings you know all that stuff that she's supposed to do anyway trying to figure out what's going on and then she excuses herself she seems to have heard about doom so, you know, she ends up punching a wall, but then she's like, how many troops, what's going on? We're being invaded. You end up having the world once let Varia to be taken over so that it's like no fuss, no muss. We didn't have to go in and do it, whatever. They're setting this up. So, uh, yeah, trying, Simcaria, to, uh, trying to do a setup. Yeah. So they can all, yeah, unite, they're just letting you know, it that, up. So Simcaria can take them over and they could be like, oh, well, we don't have to go in. This is right. You know, that's what happens. Uh, she goes off, you know, to do her workout. She doesn't have a Peloton bike in Latveria. They don't <laughs> ship there, I think. And also they're pricey. Why not? So she goes and starts doing the push-ups, you know, and the close hands yep. push-ups. And she's doing them. And while she does them, you know, she sees a ninja. And then the ninja attacks, and then they're going to fight for a couple pages. I'm like, what's going on? She blows it right through the wall. Yeah, then ends up blowing them right through the wall, which ends up being very similar to what Doom does to a uh, blue marvel by the end because what ends up happening is doom does end up you know being resurrected he get, he's alive again he's there in the bed where morgan lefay had him in her apartment and he ends up waking up he freaks out oh my god i'm here oh geez but in the meantime she's there with blue marvel and herbie uh herbie looking like that futuristic version of him there that i don't mind but really herbie is like the hot commodity it's like hansel he's so hot (laughs) recently uh doom just wakes up he puts his finger where the bullet went from taskmaster and then just blast blue marvel and herbie out the out the window 
They they yeah, go I don't, off. I don't get what that what is he confused, like thrown off about where he is and what's know. going on after it coming back from like the dead? It seems like he did. And it seems like he kind of ended up, you know, freaking out. But also, you know, Blue Marble, he's a good guy, I guess. And maybe Herbie's annoying because he looks annoying. And so he blasts them. But even when that happens, and, and even the, you know, seven sons of Cinnabus. But boom, he ends up shooting that out. That said cannabis at first. I was like, oh boy, that's a little weird. Here we go. Here we go. It's 420. (laughs) He ends up where you have Morgan Le Fay then. It's like, sons of Cinnabis, well done. I'm like, what? What's going on in this book? And then she's like, oh, there goes my security deposit. Well, then you end up having Kang show up. And, you know, hey, Kang's like, hey, what's going on? What are you wearing? He's like, a lot of cotton. And hey, do you know the timelines which I was killed? Oh, yeah, like a hundred. I mean, I killed you in a dozen of them. I mean, it was great. I had a great time doing it. And then he's like, no, 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 assassinated early 21st century. And this ends up really feeling odd to me and feeling like almost like they had the stuff going on in Hawks and the Pox, where they were finding out different eras thing and, and changing. So he ends up having Kang there. It's pretty much his own personal future, past, and present computer where he can see what timelines, what went on. But he's like, no, no, assassinated early 21st century. Oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. That was Taskmaster. And I'm like, he could have just asked Morgan. I think she might have even seen, and you know, he's there. And also the... um. Uh, you have Morgan actually see Kang as well. She even says, I don't remember buzzing you in. So that's a pretty big thing. You know, she sees him there. Uh, but he's like, yeah, uh, Taskmaster killed you, hired by the advanced idea mechanics uh, and civilization collapsed within 13 years of your death to be continued. I'm like, really? It's such a quick read. And again, though, I'm like, we're now three issues in and I don't even I, I, I think that this book is shooting too high. I think yeah. that it's ending up shooting too high and going over some people's heads and not even just going over my head. I understand what's going on. It's just not interesting to me. And it feels like I'm, one of those books. I don't books. think it's, it loses me like Incredible Hulk does. It's strange. No, you no. Know, long I just moments or it. I'm with you there too. It it also it hasn't gripped me since the first issue. Yeah, I like think it, it's it trying to be there. fancy. And I think it's one of those like where you have these books nowadays. A lot of these are like, oh, we have the human Batman, the humanized Batman under Tom King at DC. Even uh, like the oh, the definitive uh, origin of Hawkman over at DC. And I think that the Immortal Hulk as well. It's getting into people's minds this idea of having a book and changing things up to a wacky way just to kind of be. You know, fancy, like I said, fancy and trying to, you know, define something in a weird way and try to be different and smart and clever. Uh, But by the end of this, it's a fast read. Like I said, I, I wasn't bored. But uh, but I can see me getting bored. I can see me just saying, like, let's stop this loop-de-loop of what's going on. The interesting thing here in this book to me is the idea that somebody disguised as Latveria, kind of setting up Doom, has destroyed a moon base and a, a black hole is about yeah. to, uh, you know, go wild yeah, and, we, and destroy no the world. we're closer to that. Yeah, that's what I want to see. That's the interesting thing here. The mystery, right. And yet, even at the point where you had Dr. Doom say to Victorious, hey, when I'm going, um, let the UN have all our troops, you know, surrender those. We'll figure it out later. I'm going to go and I'm going to end up, you know, turning myself in. We'll have a trial. And then for him just to have Kang show him the future and say this future bit is true. And then I got to get out of here. I don't. It's, you know, one of those where... 
what's going on? Like, yeah, we have to reel it back. I have to see, you know, the deal. You go down to hell just to waste half an issue because yeah. you end up having Mephisto say, back you're not getting another, out of like, here. Ominous yeah. warning. And the, the whole deal of you're not getting out of here. Oh, well, I'm going to trick you. You can get out if you convince your, you know, love of your life that you doom the hell, that you're good enough to go. And she basically is just like, no, stay here with me. You doom me to hell. We can be here together now and we can love each other and whatever. And you end up having, you know, Dr. Doom say, no, 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 I don't want to be amongst the devils and the monsters. And she's like, no, 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 we are devils and monsters. So just let's stay with our people. Let's stay where we belong. And even that, I'm like, come on, let's get going. I, I know yeah. that he's not going to stay in hell. And so let's get a move on. Let's get going with this mystery. Let's get going to see what's going on with all of that. But even that, Victoria, she didn't seem to give up the troops. And and the when Victoria shows up, it's like things have happened that you don't even know what happened. It's just kind of meandering there. And I just want Doom back. I want Doom back in Latveria. I want to see who did this to him and yeah, get the, with that. The mystery now, is what I was most intrigued about. Yeah. And, then you, and now is I, it like I, this in, Taskmaster and the advanced idea mechanics? That's where the thing points where Kang says it. But who knows? I don't know. If it's them, why would they shoot Doom? They've already set him up. Now he did escape, but still, it just ends up being a a nothing book to me until I can get something to to grab onto. And I don't know. I don't think it's selling very well either. So it's not just me being the only one. I I hate to, you know, when I talk like this, if if I talk about a Mortal Hulk like this or Conan, uh, you know, people lose their minds. If I'm saying like King Conan, this and that. And I have Steve, he's about to slice me. Uh, But this one seemed like maybe this could have been the book that, you know, we're, we're still waiting for these you know, that side book that we like, that, that you know, uh, little book that we can grab onto. And I say little, but I'm meaning like a superior Spider-Man, even yeah, with yeah, me, yeah. with uh, like a books. Punisher kill crew, stuff like that. And uh, this just isn't doing it for me. It just seems to be trying to be more fancy than good and, you know, more, you know, intriguing and mysterious than, you know, clear cut story. That would be something that I'd go forward with because of that. I do like the art, though. I think the art's really, really good. And I like the colors of it. I like all of that. But still, I I can't go higher than a six out of ten. And I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. Uh, One more issue like this, though. And we're starting to get down to a certain type of five that I will be giving it. But I'll give it a six out of ten to be pleasant tonight. But what would you give it? Yeah, I like this one a little more than you. I'm going to give it a 6.5. The story's interesting enough. The hell, the detour in hell, I I don't know. It didn't feel necessary. So, like, we we kill him for a cliffhanger at the end issue, too, only to get out of there immediately and then, you know, start really back over what we were resuming at at the middle of issue two. And I don't know, it was just a strange detour for this book. And yeah, I I agree with you. It does kind of try to, you know, get some of that incredible Hulk feel for it, but in a cleaner and and more less confusing way, you know, I'm just not into that Hulk one at all right now. And this one at least has is it because Al Ewing's a better writer and he's, you know, a tapestry of whatever <laughs> yeah. he's doing? Though it he's does better get confusing at all, all that over. together. Yeah, oh, yeah next I week's know. issue. I, I just I haven't enjoyed the cover. it as much. Next week seems wacky. I mean, I'm telling yeah. you, wacky. But that's it. I'm that's two the end behind of the podcast. on Hulk. But I got to catch up a little. I'm actually one behind. But uh, 
Something that we haven't done before that I'm going to do right now, we're going to talk about uh, the books that come out next week. Now, these are obviously not all books that we're going to be talking about, but most of these will be reviewed on the site, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. And this is what we got. Brandon, you can tell me all of these on your poll list because I know everyone is. Arrow number six we got. Age of Conan Valeria number five. Amazing Mary Jane number three. A bunch of the Annihilation ones. Annihilation, Scourge, Beta Ray, Bill, number one. Have you read any of these Annihilation books? Because I have No. No, No. I I haven't at all. Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, number four. I am pleased to say that I will not be reviewing that on the site. That is passed on from (laughs) me uh, to somebody else. I think it might be Pauly P, but I can't remember exactly who I saw was doing it. But I said number three, I was done. Though we still may end up talking about it on the podcast. We'll see. Captain America, number 17. Captain Marvel, number 13. Fallen Angels, number three. That's the Brian Hill Dawn of X book. Fantastic Four, number 17. You think there'll be a lot of Fantastic Four in that one? Are we still on that yeah. planet? Because I think we are. I think it's Johnny and his Spider-Man. New wife. Yeah. Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, number 14, which each issue that comes out from now on, I'm shocked. Because I'm just waiting, I and I think that's I've coming to an end. I caught up on that but, book, too. And I have, yeah, I am, too. Uh, I like know, it. I've, we'll be talking about that on know. some of the podcasts, either Patreon or here. Ghost Rider number three, which we've been talking about. Immortal Hulk number 28. Do you want to get a light? Look at the cover of that. It looks nonsense. It looks like complete nonsense. Marvel 2099 Doom number one. And I said at the very beginning of the podcast, I've become the 2099 guy out of nowhere. Uh, But I'm doing that. I'm reviewing that on the site as well as another one that's coming up. Uh, You have Marvel Avengers Iron Man number one. Miles Morales Spider-Man number 13. Morbius. Uh, number 32, it says. I think that is Holy actually cow. number uh, miss a two. Few, huh? Yeah, I think that's actually number two, right? We just had the number one before. They really messed yeah. that up. New Mutants, number three. Another X book. Punisher Soviet, number two, which I actually really enjoyed the first one. I enjoyed it more each time I read it. So I'm looking forward to that. Did you read uh, Punisher Soviet, number one? Yeah, I did. That was the one oh, I yeah. didn't remember. We Oh, yeah. And we, we had a miscommunication. Yeah, yeah, we did, I and I ended, up, I ended up doing yeah, I that. I liked it enough. We did it, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, Savage Sword of Conan, number 12. Mm. Spider-Verse, number three, which I still haven't read <laughs> I two. I didn't read two uh, yet. Yeah, either. I was going to read two. We were going to possibly talk about it at some point, and I didn't read it. I'll read it. But it seems like each one kind of changes up the game uh, with with the creative teams and stuff like that. And I'm never down with a book like that. It, it throws yeah, I don't, me off. I end up hating yeah. it, too. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars Dr. Afra number 40. I mean, there, whoever thought that old wow, Dr. Really? Afra, you know, you know Jeez. Dr. Afra, crazy. No, I, I don't. I, I don't either. That's one Star Wars <laughs> okay, thing I don't know. Good. Star Wars Target Vader. I'm just amazed that it's at 40. Uh, Target, uh, Star Wars Target Vader number six. I think that is a miniseries that finishes up with that. You got Strike Force number four, which uh, Brett had me down for a Strike Force number four. I'm like, I probably have to that read numbers guy. one to three first. That's <laughs> what I got to do. I did read the first one. I don't remember anything about it. Here's the book that I said at the beginning. I couldn't remember what else I was doing. There is Symbiote Spider-Man Alien Reality number one that I will be reviewing. And if you want to know, do you understand what that is, Brandon? Do you know that that is the continuation (laughs) of the Peter David deal? That we were covering and we got very angry at the end. Yeah, it's the Peter David Greg Land deal. Another one shot. 
Yeah, no, it's it's another, I think it's another miniseries again. Uh, we saw oh, at the geez. end, remember when it was like, coming next, and we saw Green Goblin yeah. and all that stuff. I that's wanted, what if said. I had a hard copy of the book, I would have threw it out my window. Well, I remember, we got here. mad, and that's the thing. We <laughs> said that we weren't going to deal with it because we were so angry at the end that it didn't really end. Uh, but I'm going to review that. Valkyrie, Jane Foster, number six, X-Force, number three. And the book that was being juggled around nobody. It was like a hot potato to review Yandu number three. So there you go. Those are the books. If you were wondering what's coming out next I week. Also, why. I don't think it even lists uh, Spider-Man 2099 is supposed to come out as well. And that wasn't listed because that's what I'm said to be reviewing as well. So we'll see. Maybe that isn't coming out. I don't know. I'm going by the site. But sometimes they get crazy with stuff like that. So there you go, including over at uh, DC. You have a bunch of reviews at DC. I'm going to have to send you all really? of your things. because Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got a bunch. That's why when I say that Peter David book, I had already told everybody, Brandon's got too much DC going on. He ain't going to be reviewing any Marvel. There's no way. Uh, but yeah, you have one that actually they didn't even send out until later that I'll have to talk to you about. But that's for me and you to discuss when we stop recording because that's it. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, Inside for baseball. listening to the podcast. Uh, like I said, you can go and read the reviews for most of the books that we mentioned there over at WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. Most of them hit around 9 a.m. Wednesday morning. And that is Eastern Standard Time. But since me and Brandon are Eastern Standard Time, that means the only time. And also we have a uh, Twitter. I'm going to remember what I'm saying now that I'm making stupid jokes. I'm trying to make jokes that don't even remember the, the deal. Uh, over at Twitter, we're WS Marvel Comics. We'll follow you if you follow us. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash weird signs. Uh, if you sign up now, you won't be charged until the 1st of January. But if you quit before then because you don't like what you're hearing, you'll never get charged. So there it is, a free trial. Check it out. We have a bunch of Marvel things there uh, to check out and other comic book and other non-comic book related store uh, shows. And that's it. I'm already getting tired, but that <laughs> is it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Brandon. And we'll talk yes. to you in a couple days.